Our Patreon campaign to make it to 100 patrons is still on! Once we reach our goal, all of our 100 patrons will be able to vote on where they'd like us to go in our new home of Barcelona, Spain. We'll take you along with us with photos, video, and audio all posted to our Patreon page. And that's not all. For a dollar a month, you'll get an ad-free version of Tumble along with Marshall's brilliant music. For $5 a month, you'll get a shout-out on the podcast, plus our educational materials that come with each new show. And for $10 a month, we'll throw in a Tumble t-shirt. You can join our awesome new Patreon members. Kanari Seti from Dallas, Texas. Jack O'Donnell from Chatham, New Jersey. The Townsend family. Grace Ziegmont. Lucas and Olivia Taylor. Ruby Pui. Sebastian and Isadora Busenberg. And Ioana and Thikea Katsarakis. Thanks so much for supporting the show. You're helping us make great science stories from all over the world for listeners everywhere. Now, on to the show. Hi, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Marshall. Welcome to Tumble, the show where we explore stories of science discovery. Our solar system is on a mind-blowing journey through space, and we're along for the ride. But how do scientists know where we're headed? It's not like they can look it up on Google Maps. Today, we'll find out. Hello, my name is Nevada. Do solar systems move or do they just stay there? I definitely remember learning in school that planets move around the sun, but I never really thought about whether the solar system itself is moving through space. So is Earth and all of our fellow planets just on some crazy ride through the universe, or are we just sitting like a mobile in a third grade classroom? For an answer to Levin's question, I talked to Stephanie Milam, an astrochemist who studies the solar system. I get to go to telescopes and study the chemistry in space, so the entire universe is actually my laboratory now. Stephanie told me that the planet orbiting around the sun is just the first part of how our solar system moves in space. Our solar system is within a galaxy, and that galaxy is called the Milky Way. And we actually live in one of the arms of the galaxy. So if the Milky Way galaxy was a city, we're like tucked away on a little cul-de-sac, a quiet neighborhood. We're sitting on some pretty good real estate, although it might take us a long time to get to work. (laughs) Yeah, our neighborhood is nice and habitable. But in the city of our galaxy, there's a central point, somewhere downtown, that all the neighborhoods in the city rotate around. So we're not just living north or south or east or west of downtown. We're moving all the time. The Milky Way is swirling through space. So we're moving on one of these arms around the center of our own galaxy, around the center of the Milky Way, which is also moving with respect to other galaxies in our local group. Meaning our neighborhood of stars, which move with respect to the entire universe. So everything is moving. (laughs) Whoa, so the solar system is really moving on so many levels. Yeah, the planets are moving around the sun, our solar system is moving around the Milky Way, and the Milky Way is moving with our neighbor galaxies, which are all moving 
through the universe. Okay, okay, I, I get it. But how do we know that that's what's happening and we're not actually dangling in a cosmic third grade classroom? I mean, we can't really get outside of the universe to double check, right? We actually can measure how fast we're moving within our own galaxy, but also compared to other galaxies. We know how fast we're going, what things are coming towards us, what things are moving away from us. Astronomers have figured out that our solar system is orbiting around the galaxy's center at a rate of 230 kilometers, or 143 miles, a second, which means that it takes us 200 million years to rotate all the way around. Our nearest large neighbor galaxy, Andromeda, is moving towards us, and we're orbiting along with it in what's called a supercluster of galaxies. But outside of that, everything is moving away from us. And the further away it is, the faster it's moving. Whoa, that's amazing. Did I just blow your mind? <laughs> <laughs> the universe is so big. But how did we find all this stuff out? We can do all of this with spectroscopy. So what's spectroscopy? You can think of it as a stargazing technique that's a little bit more complicated than going outside and looking up. It involves looking at light from a distant object. You just need something called a prism. And if you put a prism in front of optical light, you'll see um, certain atoms absorbing the light or um, emitting the light, depending on which way you're, you're looking at. And by optical light, you mean light that we can see? Yeah. But a prism, it's kind of, it's kind of like a crystal, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's an easy way to think of it. It's sort of like that Pink Floyd album cover for the dark side of the moon. You see light going into a triangle, and it comes out as a rainbow on the other side. Exactly. That rainbow is the key to spectroscopy. When you have this continuous rainbow, there will be little um, dark streaks across the rainbow. And those dark streaks actually represent the fingerprints of atoms. Wait, so atoms have fingers? No, fingerprints! Stephanie is talking about the way we can identify what atoms are in the dark parts of the rainbow, even if we can't actually see them. Anything that you see in the periodic table actually has a set of fingerprints, just like you have your own fingerprints and I have my own fingerprints. Every atom and every molecule has their own fingerprints. So what do the fingerprints tell us? So when we look at stars that are outside of our galaxy, those, those dark streaks will actually move. They'll move either left or right, and that tells us whether or not that star is moving closer or further away to us. The atomic fingerprints provide the reference point. So if you see the fingerprint in one spot one night, and then the next night, it's a little bit further left, we can measure exactly how the star is moving, and how our galaxy is moving in relation to it. Oh, so it's kind of like our ancestors tracking how planets move in the night sky, but much more advanced. Yeah, it's kind of the classic story of technology. Isaac Newton was among the first scientists to do experiments with how optical light moves through a prism, and astronomers like Galileo started to put prisms on telescopes and point them up at the sun. 
So this is a technique that's been around for a very, very long time. We've gotten very good at doing it, though. Um, so we can now detect things that are much, much fainter than you can see with the human eye. We can detect things at different wavelengths that we can't see with the human eye. Technology has brought us to a whole different level where now we can look at and try to detect the first stars and galaxies in our universe. Technology has brought us to the project Stephanie is working on now, the James Webb Space Telescope. NASA is getting ready to launch it into space next year, over 20 years after scientists first began dreaming it up. It's six and a half meters in diameter. It's massive. The whole telescope itself stands over two stories high. It's a honeycomb pattern of gold-plated mirrors mounted onto a massive sun shield, like a platform floating in space. It's designed to be extremely sensitive to those tiny dark streaks or wavelengths that Stephanie was talking about. You can check out images on the blog on our website, tumblepodcast.com. It's really incredible to see. It's beautiful. With the help of spectroscopy, this telescope will allow astronomers to study the very first stars and galaxies in the universe to understand how our solar system and every other solar system came to be. Wow, so that's super amazing. The telescope can also shine a powerful light closer to Earth. There's all kinds of things that we want to know about the solar system, and it's, it's so funny to think that um, it's here, it's our home, um, but there's so many things we don't know. So while we have this extremely sensitive telescope that's supposed to detect very faint things, I want to point it at the brightest and fastest moving things in the sky, so objects in our own solar system. Objects that sound unimaginably awesome. We have a couple of moons in our solar system that actually have volcanoes on them. What? Moon volcanoes? I want to see that. So does Stephanie. She wants to study their chemistry to see if they might host life. (gasps) You mean moon people? (laughs) I mean, probably not people. Whatever there is probably pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) So she can study chemistry without even setting foot on a lunar volcano? Yeah. That's a thing we can do now, and it's all because we've learned how to make the tools to get answers to our questions about the universe. For hundreds of years, we've been doing the same thing. We've been looking through telescopes to look at stars, to find new things. With modern day astronomy, though, we have better technology so we can see further, we can see different things. And that's part of the quest. Every time we find something new or we think there should be something new, that's what we're looking for. And if we find it, it's how did it get there? What is it? Um, How is it going to evolve? Is it going to do something even more spectacular? I feel like those styrofoam ball models of the solar system really don't do it justice. Like, I wonder if you could build a model of the planets rotating around the sun, rotating around the Milky Way, and traveling through the expanding universe. (laughs) I mean, pretty crazy, but I think doable. Sounds like a great project for our listeners. There are probably better builders than we are. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. No question. (laughs) 
if you've got an idea of how to make that happen, send us your schematic drawing or photos of models if you actually do. That would be so awesome. If you can build it to scale, that would be even more amazing. Oh, my God. <laughs> would take up a couple <laughs> acres. <laughs> send them in to tumblepodcast at gmail.com or upload them on the contact form on our website. Thanks to Stephanie Milam, Deputy Project Scientist for Planetary Science on the James Webb Space Telescope for NASA Goddard Space Flight Center. Special thanks to Haley Gillespie and Joel Green for their help with this episode. Our interview was recorded at the 2017 meeting of the American Astronomical Society in Austin, Texas. Sarah Lentz is our associate producer. I'm Lindsay Patterson, and I wrote and produced this show. And I'm Marshall Escamilla, and I made all the music. Thanks so much for listening, and tune in next time for more stories of science discovery. Mm-hmm.